Hey, it's Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. I hope this message challenges you. I hope that it inspires you. But more importantly, I hope that it helps you grow spiritually. If you want to be a part of what we're doing here at Redefined Church, you can always support us by going to liveredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. Let's start at the beginning. In the beginning, God created the earth, right? He created the heavens and the earth and everything he created, he said it was good. And after he created the heavens and earth, he created Adam. And it didn't take him very long after he created Adam to create Eve. So he knew Adam was alone and he knew that uh, it wasn't good for man to be alone. So he created Eve for relationship. God saw the relationship that he had with Adam and he thought, um, man, this is a distant relationship. And so I don't want you to be alone, Adam. And so then I created, he created Eve from Adam, took, took her from his womb. That's where we get the word, where the, the word of the term woman. And so then these two are together. And then what you know is they had a great relationship with God. God saw them. He saw they were good. He loved them like his own children because they are. We're all children of God. He loved them like they're their own. He gave them some simple instruction to obey just like all parents do. And Adam and Eve disobeyed. And when Adam and Eve disobeyed, they broke our relationship with God. And so then God sent his son, Jesus, catching up to modern day uh, times right now. God sent his son, Jesus. We go from all the way back there to today. God sent his son, Jesus, to restore our relationship with him. See, Adam and Eve broke our relationship because they disobeyed. God kicked them out of the garden and there they were, right? And there's this strange, odd time in the Old Testament where God worked through and, and used some very influential, uh, strong leaders um, to carry uh, the torch for him. And it was until that he sent Jesus that uh, we were all kind of lost, right? And so we see the life of Jesus in the Gospels. This is in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we see how God worked through Jesus with the miracles that he performed. And goodness, uh, you name it. If you've been through the Gospels before, you know that Jesus was good and uh, that he kind of went against the grain. He wasn't uh, culturally relevant by any means. Um, but he was a man's man. He stood up for what was right. He did the, he did the right thing and he challenged people to move forward their faith. He challenged people to follow him. And so you see his life and the example of his life in the gospels. And what we did Friday on good Friday, we took a look at John 17 and we looked at Jesus's heart. You can see Jesus's heart in the model of his life, but really in John 17, he breaks down and spends a whole chapter in prayer and as he goes to those prays, he prays for three different groups. And the last group he prays for is future believers. He, he, he prays for us as believers in Jesus. And he talks about us being one and being in the Father and wanting to be with us for eternity. And so then, Friday after we left, I challenge you to gather with your families and go through Matthew 27 together. 11 through 65. Matthew 11, uh, 27, verse 11 through 65. And as you did that, what you saw was Jesus was beaten and he was uh, bruised and he was uh, he went through agony. He went through hell on earth and he was crucified and then he was buried. And that's really where we ended on Friday. And uh, we celebrated a great day on Saturday of just um, peace and reverence for God, knowing that uh, Saturday was the day that he was in the tomb. And we know that Jesus' death really symbolizes for us everything that's dark in the world, everything that's evil, everything that goes or stands against good. It's heavy. It's heavy when you think of the sacrifice that God made to send His Son. 
See, Jesus carried the sin of the world. He carried everything that was dark and heavy and evil and sinful. He carried all of it. He carried your sin and he carried my sin. He carried the sins of the world. He carried my kid's sin and your kid's sin and their kid's sin. He took all of that. And when he died, it was finished, right? It says when he was buried that all that sin that he'd taken was forgotten. It was done. What we see in John 28 through 19, John chapter 19, verse 20 through 30, it says, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture had been fulfilled, he said, it is finished. He bowed his head and gave up his spirit. It is finished. Everything that was ever dark, ever evil, ever sinful, he took and he carried it long enough until it was done. Until it was done. Death was in his tomb. That's why Saturday is such a quiet, somber Saturday after Good Friday, right? When he was buried in the tomb, everything he took was buried with him, including including our sin. And so today we celebrate Jesus' resurrection. It's Easter Sunday. This is a day of life, a day of new life, right? And what resurrection means to you and me is just that. It's new life. It is Jesus is reunited with God the Father. And because he is, that means our relationship is restored with God. It's been that way since he rose on the third day. It's been that way since he rose on the third day. And so in John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way. Jesus restored our relationship with God. Our relationship is restored today. It's good. Through the resurrection, we see how God loves us. This is John 3.16. This is John 3.16 in action, right? For God so loved the world, or God loved the world so much that he gave his only son, that whoever believeth in him, whoever, that everyone that believed in him, period, shall be saved, that they would not die, but they would have eternal life. When you think about that, that's one of those scriptures that we know, right? If you've been in church or been around church for any any period of time, you know, I know John 3.16 and people hold it at the back of the the backboard during basketball games and you can't go really to any sporting event without seeing John 3.16. We became so numb to it, but that's what this day is. For God, God loved the world so much that he gave his son. And inside of that, what you see is that whoever believes in him should not die, but have eternal life. And so then, just a reminder today, where do we live eternally? Heaven. Heaven is where we spend eternal life. With who? With who? And a lot of times we think it's going to be real distant. It's just going to be, well, it's going to be me and my crew, you know, my family. And and here's what I want you to know. You're going to be in heaven with God, the Father, your Creator, your Heavenly Father, and Jesus, the Son, our Savior. And you're not only just going to be there, you're going to be there and you're going to be in relationship with them because that's what God created us for in the beginning. God created us for community, for relationship. 1 John 4, 8 says, God is love. God is love. The character of God is rooted in love. We receive God's love in our relationship with Him because of Jesus. Our relationship is restored, right? 
The character of God is rooted in love. 1 John 4, 8, God is love. We receive God's love in our relationship with Him. And because of Jesus, our relationship is restored with Him. That means it does not matter what we do. God is concerned with who we are. And so what I want you to see is the resurrection brings you health. The resurrection brings you health. It makes you whole. It makes you complete. You lack nothing today because of the resurrection. This is why when we take communion, the bread represents the body of Jesus Christ. Your health and your healing is why Jesus was beaten. It's Isaiah 53, 5. The second thing you need to see about the resurrection is it brings you forgiveness. It brings you forgiveness. Forgiveness of all sin, past, present, and future. Forgiveness of your mistakes, your regrets, and your poor choices are all erased. They're all erased. And so this is why when we take communion, the cup represents Jesus' blood. You're made right in God's sight because Jesus bled for you. That's why they call it righteous. You are righteous, right? You're made right in God's eyes because Jesus bled for you. Here's the good news. Jesus' forgiveness, and this is kind of the staple of today, Jesus' forgiveness leads to your freedom. It leads to your freedom. Here's the, here's the catch. Here's the snag we always get stuck on. We have to accept that. We have to accept that. And I hope in the next 12 to 15 minutes I can help you. I can help you see that. What do I mean by freedom? I mean letting go. Realizing that whatever held you down or currently holds you down doesn't anymore. That it never really had you. You've just been distracted. It means believing in Hebrews 12.1. And here's what Hebrews 12.1 says. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off everything that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Letting go means making a decision to walk in freedom. Because Galatians 5.13 tells us, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. Sons and daughters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Use your freedom to serve one another in love. Sounds good, Dusty. Sounds really good. Here's what I want you to know. As long as you live, as long as you live, there's always going to be an opportunity to stretch the boundaries, right? To push the limits, to cross the line, to give in to your desire, right? fall back on your old ways, right? To uh, kind of dwell in that land or that way of thinking. And what I want you to see is when you live in sin or the old way or in who you were, in who you were, you find yourself working for God's approval instead of receiving his love, instead of receiving his son. You just think, I just got to do more. And you try to bury the things that you're connected to. 
You try to bury the things that you're connected to, right? Because you're not walking in freedom. But what we all need to realize is Jesus broke the connection. Whatever is holding us down, whatever is tripping us up, Jesus came and said, no more. This is where we get the term, break every chain, or break the chains, or break them. Break them, right? This is where it comes from. Because of the resurrection, your chains are gone. Chris Tomlin's song, if you've ever heard it, my chains are gone, I've been set free. I've been set free. And so, we see this in uh, Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 through 11. This is paraphrased. This is part of our family mission, by the way. And so, put to death, starting in verse 5, put to death, therefore, whatever is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, and every desire. It is easy to walk in these once you've lived in them. It's easy to walk in these. It's easy to go back to them if you've lived in them. But you need to put away all anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off who you were and what you practice. You're done with that. You've put off what you were, okay? Who you were and what you practiced. And now you've put on the new you, which is being renewed. This is huge. Which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of your creator daily. Here, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. I'm going to take you back to 10. It says being, right? Being renewed in knowledge. Being equals a constant. It is a who, and it has to do with relationship. So then, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image, the second part I want you to see, after the image of your creator, the image is who you look like. God made Adam in his image and he made Eve in his image. The whole earth looks like God. He's a little red, he's a little yellow, he's a little black, he's a little white, he's a little everybody. That's who he is. When you receive God's love, when, you, when this kind of takes, you know, and here's the deal. This is a battle. This is a battle today between what you know in your head and what you believe in your heart and really what not just what you believe in your heart, but willing, what you're willing to walk out. What are you willing to live your life as? And so when you receive God's love, you understand why he sent Jesus. You accept what he did. And then you're walking in the resurrection. It's acceptance. You're walking in freedom then. You're walking in freedom. You're living in the relationship that he sent Jesus to restore. Let's say that again. When you receive God's love, you understand why he sent Jesus and you accept what he did. Then, only then, you're walking in the resurrection. Life. You are walking in freedom. You're living in the relationship that he sent Jesus to restore. This is why Jesus came. You get nothing else today. To restore. 
to restore your relationship with the Father, with God. To forgive, to forgive your sins, to forgive your flaws, to forgive the things that you think are important, to forgive the things that you carry, to forgive the things that tie you down, to forgive the things that trip you up, to forgive you. And the last one. To set you free. To set you free. Because in that, when I'm forgiven and I accept this, and I step back, I step away, I step, I step forward, right? I leave this in the dust like Hebrews 12.1 says. I walk in freedom, which is the race. That's the race that God calls us to run, right? It's not doing. It's not a doing thing. It's freedom. And so, once you accept what God did for you, you realize you're enough. Once you accept this, you realize and you get comfortable in being enough. God made me in His image. God sees me as He sees His Son, Jesus. I am enough. I don't have to make X amount of dollars. I don't have to drive set car. I don't have to live in set house or on set street. I don't have to do this because they're doing it's there. You, you, you are done keeping up with the Joneses and you are done keeping up period. Like, cause you're enough today. You're enough. You're enough. You finally see that God is not concerned with what you do or what you have, but He's concerned with who you are. He's concerned with who you are because He wanted and wants a relationship with you. It's what He's always wanted. It's why you're on the earth. He wants a relationship with you And He wants to see you flourish. He wants to see you flourish. Believing this gives you the heart to love Him in return. When you believe this, it's now easy to love God back. When you accept this, it's now easy to love God back. Believing in Jesus is what allows you to walk in love because you identify with how much both God and His Son love you. And you trust them. And you trust them. And that's huge. Because anybody can say, I love God. One of Laney's favorite songs is, uh, I love God. You love God. What's wrong with you, right? Anybody can say that. Anybody can say, I love God. But man, to say, I'm all in. I trust Him with everything. Here it is, Lord. You're my guy. It's hard. It's hard. It's a process. It's getting it from here to your heart and from your heart to your feet. It's a process. It's a process. And so this is why we can love others the exact 
same way. Because God loves you. Because God loves you. And when you're walking in that love, you're walking in freedom. Life is better this way. Life is better this way. And so like we saw in Galatians 5.13, if you remember, it says, For you have been called to live in freedom. In freedom. My brothers and sisters, and use your freedom to serve one another in love. In love. This is why we see what Jesus tells us in Matthew 22, 37-39. Again, staple for our church. Jesus tells uh, some people who are asking questions, they're trying to trump him. He says, um, there are only two things you need to do. He says, love God with everything you have. Heart, soul, mind. Love God with everything you have. And, second one is just as important, love others as you love you. Love others as you love you. So love God with everything you have and love everyone else like you love you. He says, if you do these two things, everything will take care of itself. I'll make sure to line the path, to light the path, to guide the path. I've got it. If you can do these two things. And the only way that we can fulfill those two commands is to accept this. This is why Jesus came. And the only way that we can accept it is to accept Him. Right? Two commands. We have to accept God's love. But then we have to accept Him. And to accept Him means we can't treat Him like a stranger. We can't talk to Him once a month and expect we're going to feel this, right? That we're going to walk in this, that we're going to live in this. I can't talk to Him like that. I can't talk to Him like He's my mother-in-law who I talk to, seriously, I don't know, once a month. Maybe, maybe once every couple months. I can't treat Him like an in-law, okay? I love my mother-in-law, by the way. She's great. Her name's Jane. Jane, I'm sure you're watching. Hello, Jane. I can't treat him like an in-law. I can't treat him like a stranger. Meaning, there must be a relationship. Relationships are two-way streets, right? You are created for a relationship. Jesus restored that relationship, right? And so my hope for you today is that you would see that you have a relationship because of Jesus. Without Jesus, our relationship is broken because of what Adam and Eve did when they disobeyed. Jesus came and restored that relationship. You would, you would know this so much in your heart, that you would believe it so much in your heart that you would walk away from this video today believing, believing, I'm accepted by God. I'm enough. I'm accepted by God. I'm enough. Romans 15, 7 says, Therefore, accept one another just as Christ accepted you for the glory of God. Of God. Today, you are good with God. Jesus' life was the example for all of us to follow. The punishment He endured took all of our sin. His broken body is what makes us whole. His blood erases our sin. His death brings you life. His death brings us life. 
His broken body makes you whole. His blood erases your sin. (laughs) His death brings you life. And His resurrection gives you freedom. It gives you freedom. Now, freedom... Freedom sometimes is a weird word, especially in the church, because we sometimes overuse it and sometimes gets taken out of context and people get offended and drawn. And and it really, however you interpret freedom, it doesn't matter. What you need to know is Jesus' freedom is this, that you would not be tripped up, that you would not be held back, that you would not be stuck because God wants you moving forward in your relationship with him. Everything that Jesus went through, he went through because you're a child of God. That God sees you as a son or a daughter and he sees you complete in him. God wants relationship with you. Jesus restored it. If you're a note taker, I have one question for you. I'm going to let you sit on this for, I don't know, it's probably going to feel like two minutes on my end, but it'll only be five seconds for you. What do you need freed from today? That's a weird question. What's keeping you? How's that? What do you need released from? What is it? We all need release to go back to to normal, okay? Not talking about that. I know what normal is. I know what this new normal is. I'm not a big fan. What's keeping you? What do you need freed from today? Me and Heather talk through this. I just want you to take a few seconds right now. What's holding you? What's keeping you? What's an anchor? What's an anchor right now to you? What do you need freed from? If you're drawing a blank, don't shut me off. Your expectations, you need freed from your expectations. Are they an anchor for you? Man, my expectations I battled so bad. For the longest time, I would set the bar at the top of the mountain. And because I didn't get the top of the mountain, I thought I failed. It didn't matter. I still had this. I still had this. Is it your mindset? Is it lies that you've told yourself repeatedly? Is it negative self-talk? Is it regrets? Is it unforgiveness? Is it you not being willing to forgive yourself even though you have this right now? You just have to accept it. Is it addiction? So many addictions right now in the world. Is it addiction? Is it anger? Are you bitter? What is it? Are you afraid? Are you afraid? God said, don't be afraid. I'm not giving you that spirit. I've given you a spirit of peace, love, and a sound mind. It's all good in the hood is what God said. He also said, don't worry about tomorrow. Today has enough. Today is enough. I'll take care of tomorrow. You just walk in this today. You just walk in this today. As you think about what's holding you, I'm going to share the second half of Colossians chapter 3 with you. It says this, As God's chosen creation, holy and beloved, have compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, 
to which indeed you were called in one body, the church, one body. And be thankful. The number one thing we stress to our kids, be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom and sing your heart out to God with thanksgiving and praise. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Because the, the only way to the Father is through the Son, through Him. That said, I can't call it for you. I can't pretend to know what it is for you. I could share everything that's ever held me back. I could share the, the, the current things that are bothering me or keeping me right now. I don't know what you're carrying. I don't know what's keeping you. I don't know what you need freed from, but God does. God does. In 1 Peter 5, 7, we are told to cast all of our cares on Him because He cares for us. Cast all your cares on the Lord because He cares for you. And what He's talking about in care, if you reference all the different scriptures in this or all the different versions, He's talking about care meaning anxiety, worry, and fear. And when he says he cares, it really means he loves. So cast all of everything that's heavy on God because he loves you. Because he loves you. There's a second part to my question. And this is the one that you're going to have to wrestle with. Most likely after today. What do you need freed from today? It's the first part. The second part is why do you need freedom from it? What happens? What happens when you find this? When you get restoration and forgiveness and freedom, what happens when you find that, when you're freed, when, you, when, you are, when you've unhitched the wagon, when you've taken off the backpack, when you've cut the line to the anchor, what happens? Why? Why do you need freed from it? It could be as simple as peace. Peace. I need peace. But what happens with that peace? You become a better you. You become a better you because you're not carrying the stuff. You're not being held back. Right? Because unless you can recognize, here's why. Here's why. Unless you can recognize and receive what the resurrection is, you will struggle to walk in freedom. Hate to say forever. Until you can recognize and receive, meaning accept what God did for you through His Son, what Jesus did by dying on the cross, you will struggle to walk in freedom. Which means you will struggle to walk in a relationship with God, which in turn means we struggle in walking in relationship with those who are around us, with others. Matthew 22, 37, love God with everything you have. Love others as you love you. Trust Him. Trust Him. If we don't recognize and receive today, then today, April 12th, Easter Sunday, is no different than yesterday or last Sunday or the day before. It's no different. If we hear this and we get encouraged, the only difference in this Easter is you're at home and last Easter you weren't, Right? If we choose to ignore this today, we're not going to be any different tomorrow. And the whole reason God sent His Son is so you would see this. And so you would believe it. 
And so it would make its way into your heart so it could be part of your life and the way you talk and the way you act and what you value and who you are. This is why God sent His Son. Some of you are okay ignoring the fact that if you don't, you'll be the same tomorrow. It's not that big a deal. But what you need to know is a life without a relationship with God is like living in a glass half half empty all the time. It's just never enough. It's just empty. It's just empty. And here's why. I got a I would call him a friend. We've had dinner. He says a familiar captivity feels more comfortable than an unfamiliar freedom. I'm not saying that you're in chains today. Don't take this real, you know, punch you in the face. Because a familiar captivity feels more comfortable than an unfamiliar freedom. What are you saying? It's easier to live in what you know, even if it sucks, even if it stinks, even if it's hard. It's easier to live in what you know, even if it's uncomfortable, because you know it. It's way easier to live in that than it is to live in a freedom that you've never known. And that's why we struggle with this decision because like, oh, I don't know what that means. I'm about to give something up. I got to trade my life. Have you read those scriptures? Sell everything I own. It's not like that. It's not like that. God's coming to give you. God's coming. He sent his son to give you this, right? A relationship with God takes the lid off your life. And most of the time it's a lid that we keep on. And I'm going to close with this. You ever seen Shawshank Redemption? Shawshank Redemption is a great movie. If you've not seen it, spoiler alert. Okay, you're either you've like been lost or you were just born like and you just haven't even heard about it. Shawshank Redemption. Okay? There's two characters. There's a guy named Red in it and a guy named Andy. Red is played by Morgan Freeman and Andy is played by Tim Robbins. It's very important that you know that because Red has been in prison most of his life. He's scared to death of freedom. Andy Dufresne has just got into prison. He knows what freedom is like, and he is, he is working every day to break out. He's working every day to break out. Meanwhile, Morgan Freeman is going to parole meetings and failing intentionally because he is scared of that freedom. He's scared to get out. He's seen others get out and return or die. And so he doesn't know what it's going to be like to be free. Meanwhile, Andy is knocking a hole in the wall. And Andy Dufresne crawls through a sewer line in a thunderstorm to get free. And if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm saying, man. Andy Dufresne gets out and he's in the free. And the first thing he does is he looks up and he experiences this. It's back. And that sense of freedom it's why God sent Jesus. That's why Jesus died for you. It's that. Red ends up getting out of prison. Here's what's unique about Red. He tried to get a job, and he just struggled to not have prison. He struggled not being in prison. And the one thing that saved his life was Andy Dufresne. He goes and meets him, and the relationship that he had with him is what kept him, one, alive, and two, out of prison. And they were best friends. It's a lot like what we see. A familiar captivity then feels more comfortable than an unfamiliar freedom. It's a lot like what we see in Shawshank Redemption. 
if there was no God, just hang with me right here. If there was no God, there was no Jesus. If there was no resurrection, I would understand you wanting to ignore the message, ignore the thought, be closed-minded, because there'd be nothing to hope for, right? There'd be nothing to hope for. There's a thing that we do as pastors. When we get to this point, we say, but God. So let me do it. But God sent his only son, Jesus, to take your place. So you don't have to live in that. So you don't have to live in that. John 10.10 says, I have come so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus sent his son so you could experience life to the fullest. Here's Here's what that scripture means in a couple different versions. Satisfied, overflowing, more than enough, fullest. God wants more for you. My final question today is this. Are you willing to believe this enough to let it change your life? To let go of whatever's holding you and to trust. And to trust. Because God created you. Our relationship was broken. He sent His Son, Jesus, who died for you. He was resurrected. And because He was, your your relationship with God is restored. He's brought you full restoration. He's brought you 100% forgiveness. Anything you've ever done is thrown as far as the east is from the west. Never be remembered again. And He set you free. That's the message of Easter. It's a message of hope. It's a message of Jesus. It's a message of what it means to live in a relationship with God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this message, for your heart for people, for your love for people, for your son Jesus, who has been gloriously resurrected, Lord, to bring us restoration and forgiveness and freedom that we can stand up boldly and confidently as children of God and claim life in our life, claim health in our life, claim healing today for our lives. Thank you, Lord, for everything you are, for the example you set for us, for being our Savior and God, for being our Father, our Heavenly Father, to care enough for us to number the hairs on our head. Today, if you're watching this message and you know that you're not right, you know that you're not in a a restored relationship, you know that you're not living the way you should, if that makes sense. I'm going to invite you to pray with me. It's a very simple prayer. You don't have to pray it out loud. Pray it enough to where you have breath coming out of your your face. Pray this prayer. Repeat after me. And God's going to do what only He can do. He's going to um, open your heart. And we're going to ask Jesus to come in. And you're going to start a relationship with Jesus today that restores you so you can be with the Father in heaven one day. So just repeat after me. Say, Father God, I believe you sent your son to die in my place. Thank you for him. Thank you for him. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me. Cleanse me. 
Restore me and make me new. Thank you, Jesus, for freedom in my life. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I'm proud of you because it takes a little bit. The gift of salvation is free, but it takes a little bit. Your next step is to tell someone. After you tell that person, I would love for you to tell me. You can email us at Redefine Church at my story at liveredefine.com. If you don't want to write an email because you're beyond that, text me. Text us. 313-636-1127. I would love to know that you prayed that prayer. I'm not going to bother you. I'm not going to add you on a telemarketer's list. I'm going to follow up with you and I'm going to make sure that you know how to take your next step and I'm going to help you move forward in your faith. The first thing I'm going to do is send you a Bible. And so please do not miss this next step. You did the hard part. Now just follow up with me so we can be a part of your journey with you. All right. Moving forward, um, if you like anything that's happening at Redefine Church, please Follow us, subscribe, like, whatever platform you work on. Man, when you do that, it lets other people see us, which allows us to help others move forward in their faith, like we're doing with those of you who are, who are tuning in with us. Make sure that you join me next week as we look at where we go from here. After, the, after this happened, after, the, after this happened, the resurrection happened, what was next? And so we're going to jump into a teaching series titled, What Now? What now? And we're going to start looking at how we can create and put biblical values in our life to help us move forward in our faith. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that it challenged you and that you'll take steps this week to have a greater faith and to go deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about what's happening here at Redefine Church, you can visit us online at liveredefine.com. Follow us on social media at Redefine Church or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.